الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Beloved elders, brothers and sisters in Islam In a recent Jumu'ah I had addressed you on the importance of fair and equitable trade and the avoidance of immoral business transactions such as that involving riba, interest, and rishwa, bribery. This was done in light of the fact that a Muslim should possess a superior character and be a means of benefit for others instead of a cause of harm. It is important to not only work on your relationship with your Creator, but also with His creation, especially the weak and the oppressed and the good and the pious amongst them. The evidences for this are too numerous to all mention in the Surah Jumu'ah, but let us consider two. Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, verse 110, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كنتم خير أمة أخرجت للناس You are the best of people taken out for the benefit of mankind تأمرون بالمعروف You enjoin that which is good وتنهون عن المنكر and you forbid the evil وتؤمنون بالله and you are a people that have faith in the one true being worthy of worship نونس الله Elsewhere in hadith, in the Mu'ajam Kabir of Tabarani, the Prophet of Allah had said, when asked as to who is the best of people, he responded and he said, خَيْرُ النَّاسِ أَنْفَعُهُمْ لِلنَّاسِ The best of people are those that benefit people. In that ayah, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرَجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ You are the best of people taken out for the benefit of mankind. That, that ayah, this hadith, they concur. They concur. You become the best when you benefit others. Then you become the best. It is obvious then that a Muslim, a true Muslim, impacts positively on his surroundings. Instead of being influenced by sinful and negative trends in the environment, he changes the environment. He is like a candle of light that enters the darkness. And whenever he goes, light is to be found. A Muslim, in essence, then, is a person of contribution. Wherever he goes, whoever he meets, is somehow bettered by his meeting. And it is for this reason that the day he dies, as comes in a hadith, the dunya cries for the loss of him. The dunya cries for the loss of him. It comes beautifully in one of the hadiths of the Prophet that whenever somebody dies, then he must hasten. Because if it is a good person, then he must hasten to the goodness that awaits him. And if he's a bad person, the dunya wants to get rid of him. So, crayon vech. Crayon vech is last. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Thus, my dear brothers, brings us to my topic of discussion for today, which is Muslim involvement in local politics. Muslim involvement in local politics. There are a number of opinions making the rounds regarding Muslim involvement in what some have even derogatively termed kafir politics or the politics of disbelievers. 
As a result, they do not merely consider it haram to engage in the, uh, in the coming elections. They even consider it an act of shirk, an act of shirk, polytheism, ascribing partners unto Allah. I personally find this line of thinking, especially in light of the introduction that I have given you, to be unsound, unproven, and decidedly defeatist. Decidedly defeatist. The same approach was employed for the Muslim marriage bill. We were told that if we vote in favor of the bill, then your iman is at peril. And some even suggested that to be safe, it is best that you renew your shahada. Allahu Akbar. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, no Muslim who values his iman, and especially not scholars of Islam, would invite you to something that is haram. And they would definitely, decidedly not invite you to something that would rob you and divest you of the most precious of your qualities, Iman itself. The reality that you face when you live in a non-Muslim country is that you are subject to the laws of the country, whether those laws are Sharia compliant or not. As such, should you be dragged into a court of law by even your Muslim brother and sister, the judge will not rule in accordance with Islamic law, but rather he will rule in accordance with the law of the land, whether you like it or not. Even if you are merely a visitor to this country, a tourist, if a dispute arises in this country and it has to be settled in a court of law of this country, they will judge in accordance with the law of the land, not the law of Sharia. As such, the aim of the Muslim marriage bill was to reduce the power and extent of local law and somehow instill it with as many of the principles and laws of Islam as government would permit. As we would inevitably be unsuccessful in changing all the laws, the Muslim marriage bill would undoubtedly contain un-Islamic elements. These questionable elements would not be introduced by the bill, no but it would rather be standard to South African law. And somehow not open to amendment by the bill. It would not exist because of the bill, it would exist despite the bill. Because the aim of the bill is to inject Islam. And unfortunately some viruses, they don't want to give in to this antivirus known as Islam. Unfortunately, that's the reality. In doing so, in doing so, we would have fulfilled our duty to Allah. In that we had implemented Allah's law as best as we could. And Allah states clearly in the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 7, La yukallifullahu nafsan illa Allah does not burden a soul except that which the soul is able to do. Allah does not burden any soul beyond its capacity. Never mind that, my dear brothers. In the suggestion made by the ulama were pro the Muslim marriage bill to the government, the suggestion they made to the government, they asked that only those who want the bill to apply to them should be subjected to the bill, thereby making allowance for their other Muslim brothers and sisters who disagreed with them, giving them the opportunity that if this is how you believe best to serve Allah, then continue like that, while we believe this is best. But on their side, the same was not given. 
On their side, the idea was kufr and shirk, and you cannot also be involved in that kufr and shirk. So we did not want to tell them how to love their din, but in the end, they felt the need to tell us how to be Muslims. And Allah knows best. The same applies to voting. No one is forcing those who do not want to vote to engage in the current elections. No one is forcing you. But there are others, people like myself, who have a different outlook. And who believe that they should be active in making the world a better place for us all. Even if it is by means of what you would like to call a Western election. And if you really ponder in the nature of an election, isn't it just a mashura? A one big great mashura? A consultation with the entire voting population? Where the Amir or President is agreeing to be subject to popular decision? Don't I have a right to do that as an Amir? Can't I tell the people who I'm consulting that if most of you agree on this, then I'm going to go that way? What, what do you know of Mashura? What do you know of Mashura? Go look up the laws of Mashura and go see. So this government wants to take the counsel of its people. What is so wrong in that? What do you think? Da, 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 da. Right? Allah knows best. And Allah says clearly in Surah Shura, a surah named after it, the surah of Shura, of consultation, verse 38, and the way of the believers is that they consult one another. And yeah, our disbelieving overlords want to consult us. So what's wrong with it? And Allah knows best. Do you want them just to apply laws to you without your consultation? Or would you like to offer your view? And inshallah, your view will be guided by the teachings of the Quran and the Hadith. And even if they don't take your view, at least you can say in the day of Qiyamah, Allah, I told them so. I told them so. Which is why, in the Arabic language, one of the words for voting is actually taswit. From the Arabic word, sot. Make your voice heard. You understand? Sawwatayo sawwitu, to vote. Actually, if you translate it into the English language, it comes out to make your voice heard. Make your opinion heard. Right? And Allah knows best. What do I mean when I say that voting would make the world a better place? Is it not so, my brother and sister, that we live in a country in which we enjoy religious freedom? And much more than many other countries, even America, that is lauded as the land of the free and the democratic. But we know that Muslims are persecuted over there, is it not? And over here? What happened when Bush told Mandela, what's it for the Muslims? Allah's terrorists. Then Mandela did one of the bravest things I saw a president of any country do. He said outright, Bush is stupid. These people marched with me back in the day. We fought for this country that exists now. So why would they turn on us? So you see past good decisions that we had. We fought against racism, which is Islamic. And now we are reaping the benefits. Can't we continue in the footsteps of Imam Harun and the like? Can't we continue in that footsteps and create a better world for ourselves here in South Africa? If not in the sense of marching, they're giving you the opportunity to have your say. So why don't you have your say? 
Save it up your minds. In fact, I'm asking you honestly now, who amongst you wants to go live in any of the so-called Muslim countries? Where would you go? If suddenly the Muslim countries opened its borders and said, right, Bismillah, you can become a citizen, where would you go? You want to go to Egypt, Syria. Where do you want to go? And Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Not judging anyone, just asking. Let us have a kidding. You understand? Let us have a kiddie brains. Let us have a push-ups on the brain. Inshallah. Is the fact that numerous of our Arab brothers have found the end of South Africa safe haven for their faith and profitable venture for their wealth? Not sufficient evidence of this? Why did he have to leave Egypt to come here? Or Syria to come here? Or Palestine to come here? Or, 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 or. why the year? If it's a good over there. You've been told something. If he's not telling you something with his mouth, he's telling you something by his actions. And in the end of the English language, they say, accents speak louder than words. So should I and others of like mind, should we not fight to preserve this legacy of religious freedom? And if possible, create even greater acceptance of Islam and its people. And when I say fight, I don't mean militancy, salop. No, I don't mean that. But rather I simply mean in the context now, use the power of your vote for the benefit of Islam and its people. In fact, not just for the benefit of Islam and its people, for the benefit of humanity, whom we as Muslims are sworn to benefit. As Muslims, it is our duty that we must look after humanity. Because that is what we are there for. We are supposed to be khayru ummatin nas, The best of people taken out for the benefit of humanity, of mankind. To me, this is true Islam. And to me, this is the prophetic example. And I am confident that had the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, left today as a citizen of South Africa, I feel that he would have voted. I feel that he would have voted. To make South Africa a better place for all who would live in this beautiful country and would work to make it a better place for its citizens and visitors. Why am I so confident? What grants me the right to be so confident? Well, a simple hadith. A hadith narrated by Bukhari in his book, Al-Adab Al-Mufrat, hadith number 567, where the Prophet says, I was present in the house of Abdullah ibn Jal'an for a treaty. A treaty. Ma uhibbu naam. I would not exchange my presence for that treaty for the best of camels. For, for even a red, tawny camel. In today's time, it would be the equal of saying, I wouldn't swap my presence there for a Ferrari. I'd rather be there than take your Ferrari. And then the Prophet goes on and he says, وَلَوْ أُدْعَى بِهِ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ لَأَجَبْتُهُ I called to a similar treaty, now when Muslim, I would still answer. What was the treaty? This treaty 
known as Hilf al-Fudul. What was this treaty? In this treaty, Quraysh came together, Mushrikun. And they had a meeting with the imminent intent. How could we have the poor, the needy, the orphan, the widow? And the Prophet went. And the Prophet says that if they call me towards it today, while I'm the ruler of Medina, then still I would go. Does it matter to him that it is Mushrikun? No. It matters to him what they call to. And they called to the Yaab of the poor, and they called to the Yaab of the needy. The Yaab of the orphan, the Yaab of the widow. So it is not who is making the call. It is that the call is made. We should actually be making the call. We should be the one telling them, come so. But if we too weak to make the call, shall we be too weak to hit the call? Think, my brother. Think, my sister. In Islam. Allahu Akbar. So the Prophet Islam attended in Jailiyah. And he would attend again after Islam had come into power. So yes, I am confident. I am confident that the Prophet of Allah would vote. For in voting, just one angle of it, isn't it that every party has their idea of what to do with the taxes? And who to give the money? Pensioners, who do we give? And how old must you be before you're a pensioner? And how much are you going to get? And who qualifies for a disability? And exactly how much are they going to get? So actually, I'm invited to a mashura as to how to yab the orphan, and how to yab the weak, and how to yab the widow, and how to yab the aged. And I should give my opinion. I should give my opinion. And I'm not here to tell you vote ANC, or vote DA, or vote for the Muslim parties. Everybody got their own weaknesses. I'm here to tell you, make some research. And ask yourself, what is best for Islam and the Muslims? And act in accordance with your conscience. Act in accordance with your conscience. If it is so that you are unable to determine, and you decide, since I'm unable to determine what is better for Islam, I'm going to do like, as the doctors do. If I can't benefit you, then at least let's not harm. So if that's the case, I'm not going to vote. But that is what you concluded, what you came to. Should you buy your fellow Muslim that has come to the decision that the ANC or the DA of Al Jama'a or whoever, you understand? That particular party is better for the benefit of the Muslims in Islam. Should you buy him now from casting his vote? and perhaps impacting the world in a positive sense. Allah knows best. I personally believe that you shouldn't. Yes, my dear brothers. Yes. Perhaps we should debate these issues. We should debate which party best serves our interest and the interest of humanity. But definitely it should not lead to dissension. It should not lead to partisanship. It should not lead to statements such as, yes, kafir as vote. No. That's where I disagree. Now, my dear brothers, I'm known to be a long-winded person. And today is not going to happen. This year is the end of the Jumu'ah. And I'm ending with this word, with this line. Unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. Let us all be of one deen, worshipping one Allah, making one salah, regardless of color, regardless of inclination, regardless of association. And 
Let us do and act in accordance with our conscience. And do not doubt your fellow Muslim. If you disagree with your fellow Muslim, then offer him your view and tell him your reasons. But don't listen to say, Kafir, Kafir, Fasik. Are you the Akida police? Huh? Where you come up with this? It is not your job to go and find out what the next Muslim is busy with. And it is not your job to test this Aqidah. This year is one of the ultimate errors of our time. That a man could be judged while standing in front of the Kaaba. Who are you going to find around the Kaaba? Only Muslims. Only Muslims. So have husnudhan, good will of your fellow brother. If your conscience tells you it is best not to vote, act in accordance with that. May Allah reward you. And may Allah give you Jannah for that decision. If your conscience, however, says that I need to vote for these people because the aims of Islam and the Muslims and of humanity of la at large would be better fulfilled that way, then inshallah may Allah reward you also. May Allah grant you Jannah also. All of these things on the day of Qiyamah will be trivialities. And in Jannah we will laugh. We will laugh about all of these things. So let us have that attitude now, inshallah. See the good in your fellow Muslim brother, and if you differ, advise. But do not label, do not accuse, and Allah knows best. We end there.